My sermon is called In the Middle. So touch your neighbor and say, In the Middle. In the Middle. And so um, what do I mean about that? When, I, when I'm saying that, um, I really felt the Lord has given me a message for you guys today. Um, you know, there's, there's this interesting uh, journey that we're all on, uh, this journey with the Lord where um, we're becoming uh, more mature in our walk with God. We're becoming more um, uh, in our character, in our identity, and we're growing. Uh, and it's often in the middle where we feel like quitting. It's often in the middle where we feel like um, giving up. It's usually when, um, you know, when hardship comes, it's usually in the middle of our journey. Um, really simply put, it's like, it's like thinking about, you know, we, you know, when the Lord has spoken, that's point A, and when, when it's fulfilled, that's point Z, or that's Z, whatever us Canadians say, I always forget. Is it Z? Z. A and Z. And so when, we, when God first speaks, that's point A. And so we're really excited. We're very excited that God spoke. And we're always excited to go on this new journey with the Lord. Um, and when we're at point Z, you know, that's when the promise is fulfilled. That's when we see what God has spoken is going to be fulfilled. And we get excited again because there's hope. But when we're in the middle in this journey, um, sometimes we can feel like quitting. Sometimes we can know, you know, it's hard. It's, um, there's a lot of things that are going on in our lives. And... Um, and I actually just want to take a moment before I start and just pray for you guys. And um, if this week was particularly hard for you, if you feel comfortable, um, I would love for you guys just to stand up right now. Um, and I would, I'll be the first to say I had a very particularly hard week. Um, and after talking with a lot of people I'm really close with, a lot of people actually had a really hard week uh, that I know. And I, um, I never like giving the enemy any credit in life. And, and I believe the enemy is defeated. Uh, but he still tries to war against us, you know. And so if you've had a week that was hard, uh, maybe harder than others, I want you just to stand right now and I want to pray for you. Yeah, thank you so much for your transparency. And if you don't feel comfortable, you just stand up in your heart. That's good too. But uh, I would just like all of you guys just to stretch your hands out towards these people right now. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you so much for um, our family, God, for the body of Christ, God. We thank you for our brothers and sisters. And, uh, Father, we thank you for the people even here today at church who couldn't come because I know they're sick right now. They're ill. They're not doing well. Uh, Father, we thank you for your victory today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, uh, that you're a God of victory and a God of love. And we just speak victory and life and hope into every single person here, Father. God, we love them. God, we support them. God, we come alongside them and we raise up their arms, God, um, when things are hard. And we just thank you, God, right now for your spirit, for your Holy Spirit, for your comforter. And right now, God, I just pray that you begin to minister to our hearts, minister um, to our spirits, God, that you would lift us up, God, that you would encourage us, that you would be with us. Uh, Father, and I pray that this message would um, encourage these people today, God. Um, we love them so much. and We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. So again, guys, we have, you know, we have point A and point Z. So again, when God spoke and we haven't seen it fulfilled yet. And so um, some practical examples of this is, um, let's just say you feel that you're called to be a leader. and You're, you're called to lead, um, whether that's in, in your marriage or in business, that you feel called to be a leader, but you don't know how to lead yet. Um, a practical way of how this applies is basically between the point where you are now and you actually being a strong leader, there's a journey, Right? It's not just going to happen overnight. Um, 
you know, all of us, I think we all should have uh, a journey where we actually are learning how to lead and what it means to be a strong leader, a good leader. Um, and I think it's modeled beautifully through the life of Jesus. Um, but we need to, you know, I just want to start getting your guys' mind going because um, often we talk about God's promises being fulfilled and, and um, God's calling being fulfilled in your life. It's not always um, easy to grab. You know, it's kind of intangible. It feels like this big lofty concept. But what I'm talking about today is us becoming the people of God that he's called us to be. Um, and the journey of where we're at now and who we're becoming one day. Um, for people with my personality type, um, I'm like an Enneagram 8 with a wing 7 or something. So I am very determined and I'm very passionate uh, about who God is calling me to be, how I'm developing personally, um, about having vision for my life and going forward. But sometimes we get so obsessed, and maybe it's just me, but sometimes we get so obsessed about uh, the end goal that we're not actually present where we are at now, right? And I think it's a beautiful thing when we can learn um, how to enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, um, and really just take time to thank God for what he's doing in our hearts and lives today. Amen? Um, the truth is, I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to take this message a bit different uh, of a direction. So, so, bear with me, okay? But yeah, I think a lot of times we can just get in this place of discouragement, this place um, of doubt when things aren't looking like what God spoke, uh, when things aren't as great as we thought they would be. Um, yeah, and we need to learn how to enjoy today. We really need in this culture to learn how to enjoy what God is doing in our hearts now um, and just to enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. And I feel like that's a very, like, uh, millennial thing to say is just enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. But seriously, but seriously, we need to learn how to just sit back to relax sometimes and appreciate what God is doing. Um, and, you know, we develop most not when things are easy but when things are hard. You know, Jesus, he proved himself in the wilderness when things were hard. He showed the world and he showed the enemy who he truly was. He was the son of God. He was victorious. No matter what the enemy threw at him, he was victorious. Amen? And I want to encourage you guys today. I was talking to somebody in the service here today, uh, actually a couple people, just hearing that this week was actually hard for them too, particularly hard. And, you know... I just think right now God has a word for you guys to encourage you guys to keep going. And I want to talk about how to navigate this, uh, this middle area. Um, and I want to encourage you guys, too. If you guys feel like, you know, you don't know, you know, we are all called to the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, and, you know, Jesus called us to the ministry of reconciliation, of reconciling the world back to the Father. You know, we're all called to that. Um, but also, I believe the Lord has unique and specific callings on each of your lives. You know, all of you are significant. All of you have a purpose. All of you have a destiny that the Lord uh, wants you to fulfill. You know, I think one of the biggest schemes of the enemy is for you guys to believe that you're not special, that you're not significant, uh, that God doesn't have a plan or a purpose for you, that maybe someone like me who's up here preaching that I have a calling but not you. And that's just the biggest lie ever. You know, no matter if you're in business, um, if you're a stay-at-home parent, or if you are uh, working at a gas station, whatever you're doing, God has a purpose for you there to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation. How's everyone doing? Great. You know, Psalms 118, verse 24, it says here, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So we need to understand, guys, before I dive in here, that one day when we see God's promises fulfilled, when we are actually, when we think that we're being the people that God has called us to be, that will be the day the Lord has made, but so is today. 
You know, this Sunday today, the Lord wants to do specific things in your heart today. He loves you and you're special today. And we need to learn again how to enjoy this time. Being content with one day, but also being content with today. You know, I, when I was in, uh, a few years back, I had this certain mentor in my life. And he, he prophesied over me, meaning he heard, he heard God and he, just, he shared with me. He said, I feel like the Lord is saying that you're going to be... Um, in, uh, in full-time ministry in a significant role by your mid-20s. And so if you see me up here, I'm lead pastor. I'm, a, I'm in my mid-20s, and so I'm a young guy. But when he spoke this to me, you know, I'm like, all right, like, I don't know how that's going to work. I really saw myself maybe working up to the age of 30 and then transitioning into something. But between what the Lord spoke back then and me standing before you now, there was a journey, right? And, and a journey, um, if I'm being totally honest, of, of times where I wanted to doubt myself, times where I wanted to doubt um, my calling, me not feeling uh, worthy. You know, and sometimes that's what we, we do is we doubt ourselves or we, we think, am I worthy? Can I really do it? Is it just me? Anyone else? No one else raised their hand. Thank you for all the brave people in the room. And so I'm very transparent and very open because I want all of us to be transparent and open. I want you to open your heart on how this applies to your life today. Um, but, you know, the only reason I'm standing here today is because of the grace and love of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, I'm going to read from Joshua, Joshua, <laughs> Joshua 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 9 here. So, it says here, let me know if I'm going too fast. Apparently, I read very fast when I read scripture. So, um, it says here, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Oh, it's up on the screen, good. Uh, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. So everything. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. Never be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That is encouraging, right? I could just step away. You can just read that for your season right now, and I can just, we can eat some food. But that is encouraging, right? And my first point here, if you're writing down, is let intimacy be your indicator. You know, one thing when we look at this is, uh, we look, there's obviously a lot of great things we can learn from this as far as, uh, you know, being strong, being courageous, focusing. There's a lot of things you can learn from it. But one thing that's beautiful that we don't always recognize is how intimate, the, intimate Joshua is with the Lord, right? You know, he's hearing word for word. He's hearing the Lord word for word about be, and being encouraged and about the strategy and the plan the Lord has. You know, he's hearing the Lord at a very high level, right? And... Why this is so important, guys, we need to understand Joshua in this time, um, 
you know, between the time where Moses was with the Lord and the, you know, the Lord delivered the Israelites out of Egypt and them now about to take over the promised land, they are in the middle, right? They're in the middle. They're about to go into the promised land. You know, seemingly the biggest obstacle they could seem ever. And the Lord is speaking to Joshua intimately and personally. And I want to encourage you today, guys. We need to be intimate with the Lord. And I said let intimacy be an indicator because if you're not being intimate with the Lord, if you are not intimate with the Lord, that no matter what situation you're in, good or bad, you may not be seeing it for what it truly is. All right? You know, you could have a friend in your life, a new friend, and you're so excited to hang out with them and be with them, and, and it, it seems so good. But if you're not intimate with the Lord, you may not be seeing things in them that maybe is toxic towards you. You know, maybe there is certain things that are going on, and I'm not trying to say doubt your friends, but things that could be good, they actually could not be good if we're not intimate with the Lord. And things that are bad may actually not be that bad, but we just don't know because we're not always intimate with the Lord. And I think if we're all honest in here, I think we have moments when we're at church and we're going to have some food after and fellowship and we feel great. We feel intimate. We feel cozy. We feel the Spirit's presence. We feel one. But then as soon as Monday comes up and your flesh kicks in and the real you comes out just a little bit, you know, we, we sometimes forget to be intimate and one with the Lord. And I do believe we are already one with him, but us being aware of that is another thing. And us actually tapping into intimacy with Jesus is another thing. So guys, when we have a lack of intimacy, it indicates you are thirsty. And guys, when you're thirsty in life, when you are thirsty in the middle in this journey, when you're journeying towards God, what God has for you in your life and for your family, we're going to get thirsty if we're not intimate with the Lord. For example, right now, I am really thirsty and I'm like, I could drink coffee or water, right? I know, I know personally, so I'm, I, I'm a gym bro. You guys can't see because I'm wearing all this stuff and I don't know if you'd be able to tell anyways, but I do go to the gym once in a while. And, you know, when I get back from the gym, like, I am just so thirsty. I go in the house, and I'm like, I could drink iced tea, orange juice, coffee, water, anything. I could drink any of it. Now, is, you know, is iced tea the best thing to drink after the gym? Probably not. Is it terrible? No. Is coffee? Definitely not. It's dehydrating. But when we're thirsty, guys, we'll drink anything. So when we're thirsty, guys, in this walk with God, if we're not intimate with the Lord, we'll drink of anything that satisfies the moment of discomfort. You know, whether that's discouragement or lies. Maybe it's distracting yourself by always hanging with a certain friend. It could be anything. Netflix for people, millennials, Instagram. That's a huge one. You know, I, I notice, I notice personally that when I'm going through something hard or I'm overwhelmed, you know, being a pastor is overwhelming, especially when you don't have, like, you know, there's just, it's overwhelming. You know, there's a lot of things that are going on. And I notice that when I feel like shutting off, I'll look at Instagram. I'll find some funny memes, and I'll just be scrolling, looking through them. And all of a sudden I notice, oh, yeah, I'm definitely just numbing right now in this moment. I'm not actually dealing with what's going on. I'm not drinking of the Lord right now. I'm not drinking of intimacy and love that I need. And I remember when I was in, uh, I think it was somewhere in California, and I was just so thirsty, and I'm with my friends. And I remember we went to the store, and I got a Coca-Cola. And, and as I'm drinking it, I'm like, man, this is the best Coca-Cola I've ever had in my entire life. Like, this is so good. And my friends were like, dude, it's a, just a Coca-Cola. I'm like, no, 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 this is like, this is way better than ever. And I'm like, they're like, you look hysterical right now. Like, what is wrong with you? And they're like, you're, it's not the best Coca-Cola. You're just really thirsty. You know, so anything, anything, we will, we will rationalize as humans in our minds, oh, this is really helping. You know, my past is I used to be, uh, when I was a little sinner in high school, 
I used to smoke a lot of pot and drink a lot on the weekends. Party, all this stuff. God radically saved me, so I, I don't do that anymore. For those of you that are new, don't worry about that. Oh, where was I going, Chris? Why did you mention that? <laughs> what was I just talking about? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola? <laughs> Numbing. <laughs> Thirst. Whatever. I don't know where I was going with that. But now you know my past. <laughs> Anyways, don't do that. <laughs> this is what happens when you do that too much. You just, what? <laughs> Lord, heal my mind. Yes, you know what I was doing though, is I was numbing, with all those things, with drugs, with alcohol, I was numbing myself in the time. I didn't know that I had access to intimacy with the Lord, um, that I could come to him and just be open and he'd pour, in, pour resurrection life into me, right? And guys, again, John 4.14, I don't know if I have that back there, but I'll read this anyways. John 4.14, it says here, guys, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. That is a promise God has given you guys. I'm going to read that again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So guys, I want to encourage you here today. I know, I, I know that there's people in here today that you've come and you were dry, you feel empty, you know, you've been pushing through things uh, for a long time, but I want to encourage you to get home and today get with the Lord and drink of his presence, drink of the love that he has for you. You know, I think sometimes we don't realize that, you know, we have a loving father in heaven who just cares about us. He's just, he's the father looking out for us, and we're looking anywhere else but to him sometimes to go for a drink. And when you're on the, in the middle of this journey, guys, we're climbing a mountain. All of us have, you know, the bottom is where the Lord has spoken to us, and the top is us actually being in the place where God wants us, you know, where he's leading us. And when we're in the middle of the mountain, it's so easy to look back down and say, you know, the bottom is just right there. I can climb back down, and the top is way up there. But I want to encourage you guys, you're climbing this mountain with the Lord, and it's so important that we are drinking, that we are, you know, we are actually being filled with the living waters that Jesus has for us. Amen? And also, along with that, guys, lack of intimacy with the Lord, it, it distorts your reality. It distorts the way you see things. Um, you know, I, I remember one time when I was really young, I was in this little pool. Um, it was like a little, a little kiddie pool. It's probably just, I mean, when I was that old, up to my hips. But I, but I went in, and I hadn't swam before or anything. It was like my first experience that I could remember with water. And as I went in, I started just, my mom, she went to go talk to somebody. And bad parenting just left me. <laughs> Just realizing that, I'm like, why did she leave me? I'd never experienced water before. But she did that. Anyways, so I'm like there, and I, all of a sudden I start flailing. I th I'm thinking I'm drowning, and I'm scared. And I just don't know what's happening. And I kind of just get out the words mom as I'm like kind of choking on some water. Again, bad parenting. <laughs> I love my mom. It's okay. I'm just joking. I'm sorry. Um, but as I'm choking on water, I say mom. And she comes, she grabs me, she pulls me close, and she looks me in the eyes and asks if I'm okay. And she hugs me, and then she sets me back up, and I realize, oh, I can stand here. You know, but in life, you know, if we're not close to the Lord, if we're not calling upon the name of the Lord, if we're not asking for him and turning our attention towards him, you know, we're not receiving the help that we need. You know, I wasn't actually drowning, but I thought I was. Are you guys picking up what I'm putting down? 
But you know what? I thought it was Johnny, but I really wasn't. And a lot of times it's just like that in life. The Lord's like, you know, you're okay. You're going to be fine. Let me just set you back up on your feet and continue on. But we're flailing. We're we think we're drowning. We're looking around. We're so worried and anxious. And we think all this bad stuff's going to happen to us, but we're not actually looking to the Lord for the help that we need. And he's there ready to hold us, to put us back on our feet and say, you're not drowning. You're fine. I'm not a bad parent. <laughs> I'm just totally joking. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm very sarcastic, so I love my mom. She would be laughing right now, I swear. <laughs> but guys, and I want, I want to break maybe another um, a popular belief, but God is actually not all you need. And everyone's just staring at me right now. But he's not all you need. You need people too. Yes. And God created you to need people. Yes. Amen. You know, a lot of the times when I'm going through things, and all, all, this is a lot of us, but we, we, we reject ourselves from other people. When we're, when we're going through hard things, we don't open up to other people and say, you know, I actually need help. I need prayer. I need you to come and just spend some time with me. Can you just, you know, be a shoulder for me to lean on? We isolate ourselves. I don't want to be a burden. Why is no one reaching out to me? You know, I don't have any friends. And we just, we, we bring ourselves in this deeper pit of, of lies. And I can say that because that happened to me this week. I was going through something. But the amazing thing is, when I go to Katrina, when I'm like, when the Lord just like smacks me over the head finally, he's like, go talk to your wife. This is why I, you have her. This is why I brought her into your life. Like, I think sometimes the Lord is looking down at us and he's like, man, you guys are dumb. <laughs> to me, at least, I feel like that. But with love, with love. Like, come on, man. Like, your wife's right there. Like, tell her what's going on. Oh, yeah. And it's surprising how often when I open up to my wife, she says exactly what I need to hear. And it's not just her, it's the Lord speaking through her. You know, God has placed people in your life while you are in the middle of this journey to speak into your life, to speak truth, to speak love, to call you higher. Like, I can't count the amount of times I've actually went to, I went to friends and said, you know, this is what's going on. And the key for my breakthrough in that, in that situation is actually in them. And as I was praying to the Lord, he wasn't giving it to me because he, actually wa he wanted me to actually have community and family and practice the family that he's been trying to give me. You know, the Lord spoke to me the other day and he said, I've actually given you the family and the community that you need, but you're not always accessing it. Ken saying, wow, because he's like, dude, I'm right here. Because sometimes really I'm like, I, you know, we isolate ourselves and we don't go to the people in our lives that God has placed because God isn't all we need. We need people too. And he is everything we need, but not all we need. Does that make sense? You know, I, I just love you. Thank you, babe, for taking care of me. There's so many times where, you know, I'm going through something, and that's why we have a spouse or friends. That's why we have people that love us and care about us. Amen? And guys, I want to, I want to encourage you too, guys, when the journey gets in, intense, get intimate. Because there's times, again, where the storms of life are going to be surrounding you. You're going through really hard things. And, again, things are so intense and so overwhelming that you're not actually going to the Lord. Again, same concept. And for me, you know, if I'm at the gym, a lot of my analogies will have to do the gym, so just bear with me. But, you know, when I go to the gym, um, you know, if I'm not eating and if I'm not sleeping and I'm not hydrated, I'm going to perform way, you know, I'm, I'm going to be weak. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be grumpy. You don't want to say grumpy Chris because it doesn't happen too often. When I was working with my friends a few years back, uh, we'd work out all the time together, and, and my workouts were just terrible for a couple weeks. And I'm like, man, I feel like I'm getting weaker. Like I'm shrinking. I'm like, I'm like, I just like none of my lifts are going up. Like what's going on? And so they sit me down. And they're like, Chris, can we tell you some truth? And I'm like, yes. 
And they say, you're so terrible at taking care of yourself. They say, you know, you cook chicken and rice every single meal of the week, and you spread it out so thin that you're not eating enough. You go to bed at 12 and wake up at 5.30. You're getting five and a half hours of sleep, and then you want to work out and be strong and be fit and, and continue this. And they're like, this is not sustainable. This is exactly why you were feeling weak. And it just took someone actually just, like, me talking with them and being with them for me to realize that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I started getting eight hours of sleep, eating more, and all of a sudden, everything was fixed. But if I didn't go to my friends in that moment, I wouldn't have had that breakthrough, right? And the same applies spiritually in our lives, guys. Go talk to somebody about your issues. Go talk to somebody about what you're going through. Ask them to pray for you. The Holy Spirit would move, and you'd be surprised at the amount of breakthrough God's going to bring to your life. Amen? So now we all need to not say just amen, but then actually go do it. Amen? Amen. Talk to myself here too, guys. So um, another thing, so the first thing, uh, first, the first way you can help navigate this season of in the middle, um, in, in the middle of your journey is uh, intimacy. But now the next one is trust. Learning how to trust God. And this is something that for a lot of us, it's really difficult to learn. You know, we, we believe you know, I, I trust God, but then living from that place and resting in trust is a totally different thing, right? In Joshua 1 verse 5 here, it says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. The reason the Lord said this, I believe personally, is because he knew I am faithful to you now and I'll be faithful to you then. Obey my word now and obey my word then. I will be with you and I'll give everything you need. Now, the Lord is saying that to all of you today, that he has everything you need for your situation, healing, hope. He has a calling, he has purpose. You know, he has things to give you, to break you out of any bondage you are in. But we have to choose to trust him. It's so easy to say to you today, yes, Lord, I believe you. But then it's another thing to be obedient and actually trust him. You know, a lot of people in life... A lot of people will, you know, you'll be saved and you'll start walking with God, but not everyone will graduate to the place of obedience with the Lord. Of being obedient to trust him, to be intimate with him, and to fully surrender your life to him. This isn't in my notes here, but I feel this is important. You know, the Lord has not just called you to, to, to know about him or believe in him. The Lord has called you to fully surrender your life to him, to be a disciple of him. And if you want to do that, you need to learn how to trust the Lord. We need to learn how to trust the Lord. And really, you can only be led as far as your trust will lead you. We need to have trust at every stage. And if you're at one point right now and you're not getting breakthrough, maybe you stop trusting the Lord for whatever it is. You know, I believe strongly that there's going to be a revival in this nation that's going to shake this nation, that people are going to be saved, that there's going to be a harvest, that God is going to do something historical in Canada, and I believe that. But that involves trust, not just once, but every step of the way. Right? And God's, guys, so often why we don't trust God in the middle of our journey is because there's a lot of stuff that goes on. You know, I think as Christians, I think one of the things we are the worst at is letting the world influence our view of God. You know, maybe you come to church, you went to a church, you were, you were backstabbed by a pastor, by someone in the congregation, and all of a sudden you see God, you see the church a certain way. You let it influence you. You know, like I know people who, you know, who are walked away from their faith because a pastor said something to them. And that's terrible, and they need to own that, and that's hurtful, and that's wrong. But it should never change your view of Jesus. And if you live in that place, you never learn how to trust him. You never learn how to be obedient, and you're going to stay in the exact same place. 
Because the truth is that Jesus is beautiful in every single situation. He is good no matter what has happened to you, right? And we need to give our hearts to fully trust him, not just now, but tomorrow and for the rest of our lives, every step of the way. You know, I'm, I don't know why the Lord just wanted me to share this right now, but when I was at an internship, when I was, whatever, just out of high school, um, I was walking down this pathway, and there was, like, it was cold, though, so we'd walk to, to the church, to the internship, and come back, and there was this, uh, it was really gross, sorry, but there was this pile of puke, like, kind of cold puke that was, like, sitting there on the pathway, and every day we'd, like, run around and, like, we're like, oh, my gosh, it's so gross, and one day I was walking by myself, and the Lord's, and I just got a new hoodie, it was really nice, and the Lord's like, I want you to go wipe up the puke with your hoodie, and I'm like, what? And I was like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was like, there is no way. The Lord's like, I want you to do this. Will you be obedient to me? Will you trust me? And so I took off my jacket. I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm like looking. Like, I'm like, is there anyone watching me? Because they're probably like, what is this guy doing? Right? Like all these questions, this doubt. So I got on my knees and just started scrubbing this thing. And I'm like, ugh. It didn't smell because it was cold, but it was just so gross. And I'm like, what, are you, what is going on? And then I started having this radical encounter with the Lord, and I just started bawling. And he said, this is what I've come to do. You know, all the puke in your lives, I've given my life to clean it, to scrub it, to give everything I have. And thank you, Max. Yeah, Lord is good. Come on, yeah, clap for the Lord right now. He, he's given his entire life to just scrub all the puke, all the stains, all the bondage and the dirt out of our lives. And to be completely eradicated from anything the enemy has done in your life. But we need to trust him. We need to trust him when he says, you know, you do actually have an issue. You have a heart issue. You're not seeing this person right. You need to repent and ask for forgiveness. You better not be proud because then you're not going to grow with the Lord. We better not be proud. We need to say, yes, Lord, I will trust you. I'll be obedient. Even if it doesn't feel good, I will be obedient and I will trust you. Amen? And sometimes, guys, we just need a reality check. I think when we look at the story of Joshua, you know, they're looking into the promised land, and there's all these seemingly huge armies, these armies that are bigger than them. There's not just one, but a number of them, and it seems impossible. And we sometimes forget that Joshua, you know, he, he was a human. He was just like us. You know, we sometimes fantasize, well, oh, he was big and strong, or he did all this crazy stuff. But, like, he was another human who had to make a choice to be obedient and trust the Lord. And that's real. Like this, this is biblical. This is the Bible. This is the word of God. And sometimes the Lord is just asking us to ask for forgiveness from someone that we've wronged. But our, our pride keeps us in the way. You know, sometimes the Lord is asking us, hey, bring your heart before me and let me clean that. Let me clean house and love you and, and, and break the bondage and take the things that are hard. Let's work through this. But then we're too lazy. And sometimes I think we just need a reality check realizing who God is. Who God is, who the God uh, back in the Old Testament and the New Testament is still the same God today. And it's called us to do big things, but we need to trust him and be obedient. The other day, I was under the stars and I was taking our dogs for a walk. We have two beautiful puppies. We love them so much. Um, sorry, love them. Um, just thinking about them now, they're so cute. But anyways, we're outside and, and I'm looking at the stars from, from you know, the, the east all the way to the west. And I'm, you know, I'm realizing, like, God, you, know, you are as big as that, but even bigger. You're two times bigger, you're three times, you're 500 times bigger than that. I can't even fathom how big you are. And God, if you are a big God, you've called us to big things. Amen? And we need to trust the Lord along this way. We need to see God as a good God because that's who he is. I remember when I was... Uh, um, when I was in uh, high school, I used to play soccer growing up. So I was like, that was my main sport. I'd play indoor and outdoor soccer all the time. And I could kick the ball really hard, but I couldn't aim very well. You know, I was just this young guy, just hot-headed, wanted to kick the ball super hard. I thought it was cool. And 
you know, I was actually not a, I was not a bad player. I wasn't a bad player at all. I just, um, in, in practice, you know, I would try to be all cool, whatever, but in games, under pressure, I would perform pretty well. I was okay. And so, uh, we were against uh, PSA, it was a championship, it was a team called PSA, and I remember uh, we were in a shootout, and basically we scored uh, a certain amount of goals, they scored the same, and there was one more shot from our team that needed to be taken, and if we score, we won, if not, then it was tied, and I don't know what else happened, but, um, so when I was playing soccer, my nickname used to be Topher, Christopher, so Topher, just the last half, because so, there's two Christophers, so they said, Topher, come over here, I want you to go shoot this shot, like, I want you to go, and I looked at him, and I'm like, no, and I just said instantly, no, I, can't, I am not doing that. I said, this is all on me. I'm like, I don't want to miss, man. He said, Topher, I believe in you. I need you to do this. And so I went out, and I just remember I was just like almost shaking. I was so nervous because they weren't just another team, but they were like our biggest rival ever, and we really did not like them. And so I, I remember going up and kicking the ball, and just like I kind of blacked out. I didn't know what happened, and I opened my eyes, and everyone's cheering, and I scored the shot. It was like top shelf, apparently, and we won. It was so cool. Yeah, come on. Go, Chris. Go, our team. <laughs> but, like, it was, I remember when that happened. I went back to the bench, and I asked my coach. I'm like, why would you choose me, man? I was almost upset. Like, why would you do this to me? Like, I'm happy that we won. But he just said, you know, I believe in you. I believe in you. I trust you. I know how good you actually are, even if you don't. And I remember when he said to me, I was like, whoa. I'm like, you believe in me. And he said, you know, you kick the ball really hard in practice, but I know that when you're under pressure, you perform and you do your best. And I, I wanted you to take the shot. And that's how God sees us, guys. He sees that you are so much more than how you see yourself. He sees the bigger picture. And he's, he's calling you higher. He's calling you out to be obedient, not because he's trying to control your life, but because he loves you. And he knows there's so much more for you. You know, we want, we want to stay back because we want to have control. But when we surrender our lives to him, he's going to give us life and more, life more abundantly. When I was trying to live my life my way, I was in depression and anger. And once I surrendered my life to Christ, I was living in a place of joy and peace. And when I used to live for myself, I was a very angry, depressed person. And a lot of people can't believe that. But I was very angry, very aggressive, very hurt, got lots of fights, broken cars, all this stuff. And that's where it led me. That's how my view of how I should live my life led me. But when I surrendered to him and lived for him, instantly I was just a person of joy and of love. And it's all because of him and his goodness. But again, guys, we need to know that when God calls us out of our comfort zone, it's because he sees who we truly are and we need to trust him. Amen? How are we doing for time? Oh, i got to hurry up so we can have some food here. Um, and another beautiful thing that we can get from Joshua is the amount of focus I believe that he had. So it says here in verses, oh man, you're just on top of it. Let's go. Uh, in verses 7 to 8, it says here, only be strong and very courageous. And I love this because it says only. And I believe why the Lord spoke that and said only because he knew, Joshua, you're going to be discouraged sometimes. There's going to be huge enemies in front of you. There's going to be a lot of things happening. But I want you to be focused. Only be strong and very courageous. And I believe he said that because when the Lord spoke, he knew, you know, all these things are going to go on. And I want you to come back to the word I spoke to you. Only be strong and very courageous. I will be with you then, but this is a key for the breakthrough for everything I'm going to be leading you into. Only be strong and very courageous. So I want to encourage you right now. If the Lord has spoken to you about something, you haven't acted upon it, and you haven't had breakthrough in your life, in your walk with God, go back to what the Lord has spoken to you. Act on it, be obedient, trust Him, and focus on what the Lord is saying. Let's continue here. It says here, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. When you focus on what God has given you, and, oh, guys, listen, our, our, our society right now, I believe we are in the most distracted society ever. Now, right now, you can open your phone, boom, you have information, you have Instagram, you have Facebook, um, you have things coming at you. I think there is the most opportunity for distractions and numbing ourselves today than ever. Would you agree? And not that it can't be good, not that it can't uh, be beneficial, but there really is a lot of distractions around us that we can choose to numb ourselves with instead of going to the Lord with our stuff. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> has anyone ever, when you're brushing your teeth, have you ever forgotten, like, which teeth you've brushed? Am I the only one? Anyone else? Am I is the only one? You guys are joking. Raise your hands, whatever. Okay, I feel dumb now. So, but like, I'll forget sometimes. I'm just, you know, busy thinking. I'm brushing my teeth. And I'm like, did I brush the sides and the top? Or do I, did I do the back yet? And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, let's just redo all of it, right? But we are seriously distracted in this culture. We're very distracted. We are distracted, um, especially when it comes to the things of the Lord. I think we really, sometimes we really think, you know, God, the more I press into you, the, you know, the harder this is going to get, the more responsibility is going to come, all these big things. But we need to, we need to have a conviction of, and, a, and a focus on the cross of Jesus, realizing that the King of Glory has given his entire life for us. So whatever we're going through, any momentary, um, you know, thing that is coming against us is, is nothing compared to what the King of Glory has suffered. And he's worthy He's completely worthy of us focusing on his words, on what he's saying to us, and being obedient on them. Amen? And so, in other words, guys, I want to encourage you today to focus on what God's speaking, but to also just not live by your feelings. I just think that's something that is so dangerous, so dangerous in Christianity is, I feel. I feel this. I feel that. And I'm almost contradicting myself, I feel like, because your feelings are very important and you need to process them with the Lord. But if you're being dictated by those feelings, that's a very dangerous place to be in. Very dangerous. You know, I feel like this or, you know, hey, I want you to go pray for this person in public. God, I don't feel like I should do that. I don't, I don't feel good about that. Cool. It doesn't matter. Right, can you go do this? Uh, my feelings, you know, I think we value our feelings way too much and we live by them and we are dictated by them. And we are, when we are dictated by our, our feelings and not by the Holy Spirit, that's a very dangerous place to be in. Yeah, you know what, and I think, oh, sorry, I have so much stuff here. Um, you know, when I, I used to live with two of my best friends. Uh, who, they're, they were married, and I lived in their basement. And, and if they ever listened to this, I love you guys. But they were so bad at doing their dishes. So bad. It bothered me. And I was like, so I'd come home and they'd have, sp they'd have all these pots soaking. They'd have spaghetti, their pan from their eggs. They'd have their, you know, their pot full of half chili with water. It was disgusting. I was like, you guys are nasty. You need to get your, you know, you're adults. Come on. And, but you know, they'd leave it for a week. And then on Sunday, they'd come home and clean their house, clean everything. And it took them like three hours, four hours to clean everything because there was so much stuff. And I, I talked to them one time. I'm like, man, what if you guys just cleaned everything right away? Like, just cleaned it right away. And where am I going with this? I felt the Lord wanted me to share this story because sometimes the Lord has spoken to us to do something, but we're so distracted. You know, we numb ourselves. We're not obedient. We don't trust the Lord. All these things, so we just don't do it right away. You know, if someone, like, I've had so many times when I was learning how to go and pray for people in public and be bold and go and do that, so many times where the Lord would speak to me and I would live by my feelings. I was dictated by my feelings. And then later, I just feel like crap. Oh, man, I wish I would just pray for them. I wish I did it. I wish I actually kicked fear in the face and didn't live by fear, but live by your love. 
And I think what we need to realize, guys, is we need to be, uh, we need to be focused on what God is saying to us now and act on it. You know, focus is u- useless if we're not actually going to act on what the Lord is speaking. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So I want to encourage you guys here today, you know, focus on what God is saying. And I, oh, I actually haven't told you guys. Could you guys come up and play just for two minutes, three minutes? Just even piano or something. But I felt like this was a, a really important response time. You know, what you focus on, guys, is magnified. And I want, I want to encourage you guys today. You know, if, if you guys leave here today and this is just a great word to your ears and you don't actually go home and do anything, then I don't believe that's true. You know, I'm not doing my job enough. Or I'm not doing, like, you know, I'm not really doing my job. I want to encourage you guys to get home, to pray, um, to meditate on what the Lord is saying to you. One of the most important things that we can do in our journey, and I think one of the most valuable tools I've ever learned, um, is to strengthen myself in the Lord. It's something that Bill Johnson talked a lot about, and it's actually a very simple concept, but to actually go and strengthen yourself in the Lord. To reflect on, God, what have you, to get intimate with him. Lord, where are you, God? You're right here right now. You're with me. To trust you, God, I believe that you're leading me. And God, speak to me and let me focus on what you're saying. Let me meditate on it. Let me speak it out. And I think, I want to encourage you guys, a really practical thing is to speak, speak into the future. Speak out where the Lord is leading you. Don't let your feelings dictate you. God, I am becoming a great husband. God, I am becoming a great pastor. I'm becoming a better leader. I'm becoming, becoming a man who is possessed by your love and by your power. God, we are going to see this nation in revival. God, we are going to see transformation. Speak out over your life with the, what you see the Lord doing and where he's leading you. So right now, guys, just to recap really brief before we can go into a time of response. You know, let intimacy be your indicator. If you're not intimate with the Lord in a situation that's hard, you know, let that ing- indicate to you that maybe you're seeing it through a distorted reality, that it's actually not the full truth. I want to encourage you guys to trust the Lord today, to come back in a place of trust with the Lord today, that he is leading you. And I want to encourage you guys to focus on what God is saying to you and act on it. I want to just have a response time, just you and Lord, just you and the Lord personally. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now, God, what are you, what are you saying to me right now? Father, what is the next step for my journey? Father, what words of love are you saying for me or to me? And I'm just going to pray right now, and I want you guys to go into maybe a few minutes here, just responding with the Lord and talking, getting personal with the Lord here. Father, we thank you so much for your love today. God, I believe that this word was from you, Father, for certain people, actually every person in here, Father. That God, sometimes we feel like quitting in the middle. Sometimes we struggle with doubting uh, ourselves, doubting you, uh, doubting the whole entire process. But God, you are here and you're bringing victory this morning. You are bringing victory to people's lives right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just begin to speak to people's hearts. You would warm their hearts, God. If there's people in here where their hearts have been cold and maybe hardened towards you, God, I pray that you would open their hearts again, God, to receive your love. And just remind people of your goodness, that you're not a father that tries to control or tries to ruin their life. You're, you're a father that loves them, that cares about them, that's leading forward into who they're always meant to be.